Are you hungry but only have 30 minutes to meal prep? Then download my new e-cookbook, What's a Meal Prep, at SuccessFitnessStore.com. You will get three step-by-step written and visual recipes for one high-protein meal that's under 600 calories. I'll help you cook fresh salmon, steamed fresh broccoli, and quinoa in under 30 minutes to help you stay on track of your fitness goals. So go to SuccessFitnessStore.com to download your copy today. Welcome to the Success Fitness Podcast. I am your host, Christian Evans. This podcast is about helping improve our relationship with nutrition and exercise to achieve success in our fitness journey. And today's special guest, boxing coach and gym owner, Keith Kepner, will help us do just that by sharing the pros and cons of boxing for women and men, being diagnosed with Lyme disease at 17, to bulking for powerlifting and losing 50 pounds. Without further ado, Success Fitness family, please welcome Keith Kepner to the podcast. How are you today? Doing great, man. Doing great. Appreciate you having me. Awesome to have you. Awesome to have you. And you are in Athens, Georgia, correct? That's right. The South. Yeah. What's the weather like today? Uh, It's a little stormy and cloudy from that hurricane. I got you. I got you. So you all get some of that that after effect. A little bit. A little bit. It goes through the uh, inland, you know, or whatever. So. I got you. I got you. I got you. So you got a little bit of cool weather, but it's still just rainy then, right? Yeah, we're just about to get the rain. Okay. 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 Are they calling for big storms or little storm or? It might, man. A couple of years back, we had a hurricane, a uh, big one that hit, and uh, we definitely got some of the actual storm part. But I don't know. You never know until until you know. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. I got you. I got you. So tell us a little backstory on what motivated you to just start your just overall fitness journey. Yeah. So I grew up, you know, being into art and music and film and things like that. Cause my mom's an artist and never really had any interest in any of it. My, my father had both my sister and I said that you're going to have to do something physical. And if you don't pick something, I'll pick it for you. So for him being a boxing coach, he picked for us to do some type of martial art. So my sister and I did a little bit of that, but we fought it tooth and nail and never really had an interest in it. And, uh, and it wasn't until, you know, I, as you mentioned in the uh, beginning, I got Lyme disease that, you know, I was like 125 pounds at like five foot eight or so super weak, super skinny. And, you know, when you're 15, 16 years old or so, man, you know, you, you want to start becoming a man. And uh, I didn't feel like that. So that's where the Field of Diamonds in my own backyard was boxing. So at that time, we're talking early 2000s, a lot of people were getting famous with MMA. So like Forrest Griffin, a couple other people were coming out of Athens, Georgia, mm-hmm. out of the hardcore gym. And so I saw their success in combat sports. And I was like, oh, you know, that's the antithesis of being, you know, the opposite of what I was. So I got you. I got you. So being diagnosed with Lyme disease, can you go a little further into that? What is that? Um, how does that affect your body? Yeah. And are you still question. dealing with that? Yeah. It's a great question. So the, the jury is out on whether there is such a thing as chronic Lyme or not. You know, uh, there's a lot of debate still, I believe. And at the time that I got a positive blood test, the CDC did not recognize it in Georgia at that time. You know, it's pretty well accepted up north, but they didn't think that ticks got down this far for that disease. So anyway, um, it's a spirochete. So it's it's very similar. It's not an STD, but it's very similar to syphilis. So if you know about all the wonderful things that syphilis can do to someone, it could literally drive you insane. Uh, it affects all your joints and your whole central nervous system and everything. So as far as symptomatically, that's what makes it hard to diagnose because you have Sometimes every symptom in the book from uh, muscle spasms, joint pain, to fatigue, to uh, fogginess, to sometimes pure psychological. Like, say for me, it was first was anxiety attacks, 
uh, really depression and energy first, and then it slowly started manifesting itself more physically with joint pain and sleeping 18 hours a day and things like that. And, uh, and no short-term memory, things like that. I got you. I got you. So how does that, or how do you deal with that even to this day? Yeah. Well, so that was the course of me going through a lot of treatment with antibiotics and everything else. And then also, you know, getting my health right. And, uh, and then also finding, having to learn how to define myself not as a sick person and so it's like whether or not Lyme is still something that does affect me or not uh what's important is how I react to all of that and how I structure my life and so I I work my butt off all the time you know because we I don't I I own a actually own two facilities but you know we have a franchise business and so uh I'm on busy a lot working hard and a lot of stress and so it's all about how you manage that stress and like you and I talking about before right exercise is key to getting the most out of your life and also dealing with stress. Correct. 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 Um, like you talked about, well, pretty much just like you said, it's when you're trying to deal with stress, it's you have to find a happy medium, you know, right. something that's going to have a positive outlook. Cause you can't go raging, you know, when you're sitting that's next right. to other or the public, cause you can, you know, cause a lot of damage, you right. know, there's been plenty of times when, you know, something just goes horrible. And the only thing I can think of is just going to my basement where I have my gym at and just working out. Um, right. I think it's, I don't, I can't remember what that movie name, what, what the name of that movie is as Mark Wahlberg and the rock. And uh, I think it's a movie about them like peddling drugs out of a, you know, gym or whatever, steroids or whatever. And there's a scene where Mark Wahlberg ends up getting into this argument. He was a hothead get into this argument with this guy, bust him over the head with a dumbbell, right? And killed him. And in that moment, he's like panicking. And the only thing he could think of was just like grabbing some dumbbells and just curling. And like <laughs> the rock just goes right into like instant spotter mode, instant motivation. It was like, yeah, you got it. You got it. And like, I always think about that mode. Like every time I'm angry, it's like, I need to go right there because that's exactly how I feel. You can't think of anything else what to do or how to deal right. with that stress. It's, you know, you're working out if those tools are available to you. Now you mentioned you had got injured after, you know, thinking about powerlifting and strongman, you had bulked up to uh, from 160 to 220. And then you say you realized it was horrible. So what was horrible um, about that experience? And how did you lose that 50 pounds to drop down to about so, so that, yeah that's a it's, good. it's more about how did i gain that 50 i got pounds, okay right? okay 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 yep go, go both but of them both it's of them. all together so yeah and this is something actually i was just i was just uh preaching to uh some of our boxers competitive boxers is that um you know it's easy when you're particularly male and when you're not the tallest guy that you know you can't get taller you want to get wider right and you think that that's you know again going to be what's going to make you feel better about yourself and like, you know, one of two parts, right, is that, you know, the ladies don't really like big bulky guys anyway, but also it's all about what you got in here and in here that is the most important thing. So the whole time I boxed for the majority of it, I was about a hundred and maybe 40 to 150. And then I got to about 160, but I was lifting too much with weights, trying to gain muscle. So I want to be bigger, bigger, bigger. And in boxing, that's not a good idea. If anything, you want to be a little bit lighter than what you walk around at because, you know, everyone else is a little bit heavier than you. So if I was boxing 165, guys were coming down from 175, right? Or 180 is where they started at before they started boxing versus me coming up. Uh, so there's a, a, a power differential there. Anyway, uh, so there was that element. Then I finally got it through my skull to stop trying to 
bulk up and gain muscle while I was boxing and focus on just boxing and becoming a badass instead of trying to look like a badass. And then I got injured, neck injury, uh, when I was in Mexico boxing and had to stop. And at that point, I was like, okay, game on. Now I'm going to get as big as I can be. And that's where I was like, okay, maybe I want to get a strong man or powerlifter or something like that because it would be something that wouldn't affect my neck. And uh, so I got up to about 220 or so. My goal is to get to 250. And I maybe got just a tad over 220. And I was literally eating to the point of throwing up. Now, the one thing is important as well is that always get your blood work done, right? I'm sure that's something with people you work with and a lot of people we talk to, right? Definite, definite, definite. So definite. along with my neck injury, around that same time, I started having thyroid issues mm. and challenges. And so I got my blood work done with that because, you know, I was, uh, my body was just soft. Like no right. matter what was happening, like my body was just like soft. So once I got that right as well, that helped. Uh, and then it also helped me to get the weight off when I finally got there. But the thing is when I got there to the 220 mark, right. Yeah. I'm five foot eight. I'm not built to be 220. You know, I'm like 170. I, I feel good right now. And so God, you just had to roll out of bed and, uh, you're not athletic at all. Yeah. And that's where it's yeah. good to have that good balance of athleticism and some strength. But man, really, to me, I don't know what you experienced. To me, uh, yeah, so I started running half marathons and things like that uh, because, and I was someone that said I would never run more than two miles. And I found that that was actually something better for my health, but also uh, it helped give me more endurance and lasting power for the real race, which is, you know, me growing a business and everything else. And uh, it's something that I found when I was pounding the weights, at least for me and having the illness that, you know, I had or do have, uh, it was, it was really slamming my adrenals and things like that. And so I found that more of the, the lighter weight, higher repetition type stuff, as well as doing the more of the, the running and more endurance type stuff, it, it's all the good blood flow. It helps, you know, with the immune, immune function, everything else. Um, and also too, man, aerobic exercise. I mean, you probably know this, but it creates neurogenesis. So creation of new neurons. And that's something that, you know, as I get older, I don't want to get duller. I want to get sharper. Right, right. Because those intervals, like I particularly train my clients for more of a hit style yeah. interval, interval training, right? Where I can pick anywhere between three to six exercises uh, in under 18, I'll say 18, under eight minutes mm -hmm. and just keeping rotation, you know, get, right. you know, keeping rotating. And, you know, let's say we go from a shoulder press, dumbbell shoulder press to let's say a kettlebell squat. And you, that's a whole different recruiting of how you breathe, you know what right. I mean? And how you respond. Cause it's only like 10 seconds to get to the next station. And we go from, let's say bicep curls to uh, tricep kickbacks. You put all four of those in and it's just that rotation, that rotation. And, you know, I was kind of leery of it when I first started doing it compared to, you know, your typical five by five, you know, three sets of 10 or whatever the case may be a bench. And it's like, no, we're doing all of this. And I'm like, what? So even, I started getting involved into it because, you know, I want to make sure I do the exercises that I'm right. telling my clients to do. And it's, it's a whole different feeling. So you all listening, if you haven't tried uh, what coach Keith is talking about, you know, hit training interval style, you have to do it. You, you, you'll love it. You'll love it. But keep going. <laughs> well, exactly. It's also, it's also more entertaining, like you said too. Uh, and then also too, it's all about what you're training for. So it's, again, it's something that I realize with my own self, as well as with, you know, fighters that I train, things like that, is that, you know, the whole idea of periodization, right? Because like, when you're young, you're like, okay, I, I want to lift weight. So therefore I'm going to lift heavy and I'm just going to lift heavier and heavier and heavier. And it doesn't work like that. You end up just burning out, maxing out. Same yes, thing with, right. with running or anything, including boxing as well. So 
uh, I'll have to help my athletes understand. I have to understand this for myself that there's seasons, right? And even right, if your sport right, doesn't have a season, right? right? right. You got to just adjust for it. Sometimes you need to kind of dial it back and do a little bit more aerobic style training. Sometimes you uh, ramp it up with more explosive. But for instance, like how I was brought along with my father as a coach, he was old school, but he's also specific in his own way. He wanted to create the most explosive, powerful fighter he could produce. So therefore, mm-hmm. I was always doing plyometrics and very, very gotcha. joint intensive and challenging gotcha. things. And man, that it was tough for my joints. I never got a chance to just kind of just, you know, get the blood flow going and things like that. I got you. I got you. So being that I introduced you as Coach Keith and gym owner, and before we uh, get into how you got into boxing, you just briefly mentioned it. Go ahead and tell everybody what your business is um, and where you where you coach at. Explain a little bit more about your business. Yeah. So uh, I started the business essentially with who would be my future wife and I back in 2013, Kepner Boxing and Fitness. And uh, started off, I started off more with the mindset of like, I want to produce world champions. But then quickly, like my wife helped me understand, uh, in order to be able to do that, you also need to earn a living, right? And like so many coaches will work a day job and then go to the gym at night. It's like, well, I want to get all that together. And so she's like, build the business in a way, let's build the business in a way that it can support your hobby, which is fighters. And I found actually a true love for working with general public people and, you know, people of many different situations and conditions versus just only fighters. And that's what really uh, grew our model. And then, uh, you know, fast forward about almost 10 years now later, uh, we stepped out of our business uh, basically completely. So I could do a little bit of coaching with our competitive athletes at our location in Athens, but that's about it. Everything else is run and systematized. And that's how we knew we had something that was replicatable. So then we started offering franchises back in uh, 2020. So about 24 months ago. And uh, because I not only have a passion for coaching boxing, I also have a passion for coaching business because along that journey, I got a real passion for that aspect because, you know, boxing and and fitness and everything else uh, and business, it's not, it's not the end goal. It's just the medium that you are existing in to do what? To grow yourself, to challenge yourself, to make yourself better. And uh, because also too, man, the time is going to pass anyway, right? So it's like, you're going to have 10 years pass by anyway. How about you do something nice with it? Even if it takes 10 years to get somewhere, right? Right, right. And uh, so that that's really my journey and uh, our journey. And then along that pathway, you know, when I started coaching, I was probably about 190 at that time. And then slowly, like kind of what you were alluding to with the hit stuff, I was like, man, I need to, I need to live what I preach a little bit more. And so, you know, that's what made me make sure I stayed on top of everything. And, uh, and also, you know, to have that uh, diverse experience as a coach is so important as well. I've done everything from a half marathon to, you know, deadlifting like almost 500 pounds. So it's like, I've, I've done a good gamut as well as fought, you know, so it's like, I have a good repertoire to uh, relate to somebody on. A gambit. You got, you got the whole thing going, right. business owner, coach. Um, what were some of the, like the, the, the toughest obstacles when it comes to, you know, running your business? I faced them all the time. I'm an independent yeah. uh, personal trainer and, right. you know, you go through those, you go through those slow seasons in particular, you know, summer, summertime, people are going on vacation, you know, your clients are going on vacation. So, you know, you got slots to fill and that is just so tough in the midst of, Hey, I got to get my workout on, you know, too, but it's like, do I spend this time, you know, working out or trying to either gain a client or, 
uh, do a side hustle, you know, right. to, you know, make the, 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 the ends meet. So how did, how did, or how do you balance all that out? That's a great question. Well, so, you know, nowadays the, I mean, the franchise is a whole nother business, a whole nother animal, but um, so it was funny. So I, I got really hardcore into running right when I stepped out of my location before we really got going on the franchise. And then I was like hitting all these PRs and, you know, just like crushing all these times. And then all of a sudden, you know, we launched this whole other business, which is the franchise part. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh man, like my PRs start lagging, things like that. And, uh, and that's where you have to make those hard decisions, right? About touching on seasons, right? The seasons of life where it's like, okay, this season of life, it's like I told all my running buddies and everything else is that I'm focused on being a champion at one thing. Cause it's like, just like if you're a fighter or anything else, you know, Mayweather, he wasn't like, oh, I'm going to be a champion entrepreneur and a champion pro boxer. First, he did the pro boxer thing right. and got successful with that. Then right. he stemmed off in the business. So the same thing goes for anybody with anything they do. So that's where I was like, okay, hold up. I'm not going to be the top 10 runner in my community, uh, which was my goal. Uh, I'm going to focus on the main goal, which is the franchise thing. But to answer your question directly is, uh, so therefore the focus is on just micro right? Little wins every day, which means just move a little bit every darn day. Because, you know, the problem is we all want to have the most, especially when you're a coach, right? You want to have the most elegant workout. You want to have right. everything perfect. And, right. and also some of us too, it's like I was talking to one of our fighters yesterday. He's like, man, I, I feel like if I don't train hard, it's not worth it. I'm like, not Christian, it's worth it. It's yeah. worth it. Just showing yeah. up. Yeah. And uh, something that really helped me with that psychologically is uh, just don't break the chain, right? So it's like, you're making a chain of actions. And if you, if you miss one day, that's fine. Don't beat yourself up, but make sure you, you don't break it. Come back the next day and just build up another chain of, of those positive days and habits. But with the challenge with business, though, that's, that's a big question, Christian, right? Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, when does it ever end? It never ends. And thank God, <laughs> right. because it'd be boring, right? <laughs> right, uh, right? But I would say, first off, the thing is, 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 is besides learning the, the tactical things that you need to know, like marketing or sales, and also how to define your, your service or product in a fashion that people actually want to consume, Right. So those three things, then there's the whole thing of stepping aside or being willing to step aside and not be the most important person anymore, you know, in every right, aspect, right? Right. Cause you got to like step aside and realize like, right. it's the biggest thing I, I see people ch get challenged by, especially when they start their own business is they, they think that they do what they do. So, so good that no one else could do it. And that's not a bad place to start, but it's not a bad place to be after a while because then you can never outsource your roles. Like I'll give you an example. So this one guy, owns a, a couple of gyms and he does pretty well for himself, but man, he, he's like still booking uh, appointments. He's still calling leads and booking appointments himself. And it's like, man, that's something we outsourced a long time ago. And we have a department that does that right, for us. Right. And so it's like, man, that's the lowest skilled part of the whole funnel. Like, yeah, the training part, that's more complex selling people. That's more complex and retaining them and serving them and help them hit their goals year after year. That's more complex, but dude, just freaking calling you up and being like, Hey, this time or this time, which one works best for you, that type of thing. It's like, that doesn't take a lot of skill, but he was, he's not even willing to outsource that because he felt like, Oh, well, they won't be able to do it as well as I can. Well, that's okay. Like, yeah. you know, you got to accept that and train them to get to that level. So that yeah, is that, is that, that delegation part. Right. And you, you mentioned something that, you know, it, it hit it close to home because I'm like right at that point, right. Mm -hmm. To where it's just like, okay, I need to start outsourcing, you know, right. uh, whether it's editing videos or, you know, even something as simple as, you know, making phone calls or somebody just holding the camera for me to record, right. you know, and you see how important that is. I listen to a ton of, you know, business strategies, uh, podcasts and different things like that. And that is one of the main things. So two, two things they always say. 
is uh, build your brand through storytelling, the art of storytelling, and being able to outsource. And where the fear comes in at is because people don't write your steps down. So even by me doing, say, post podcast, when I'm done with this podcast, I have a list, a checkoff list to where if my 13-year-old needs to come in and she could follow that step-by-step written, you know what I mean? And you start to see, it's like, that's a whole process, but people are afraid to make that first step in, like you just said, as far as making those chains, you know, make them all connect. But, you know, it's fun to go on the journey of it, but it's like, okay, once I can get this time free, then I can do, you know, something, you know, more either work in the business or work on the business or, you know, wherever you choose. But yeah, that delegation and being able to just spread your knowledge. And it, again, it it helps you build uh, that character of coaching too. And the the same, because they're going to make a mistake. They're not going to do everything that how you exactly did it. Cause you don't do everything exactly in the time because right. we're always changing stuff. It's like, Oh, let right. me change that. Let me change that. Let me change this. So getting back to far as boxing, you had briefly mentioned your father yeah. had trained you. Is this how you got into boxing? Can you go into a little bit more about him and his yeah, history? No, absolutely. So that's where we get to mm-hmm. Illinois, right? So <laughs> yeah. where you are. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, my father boxed in the CYO Catholic youth organization in Chicago and uh, his coach was uh, Chuck Bodak and Tony Zale. Tony Zale was two-time middleweight world champion. Um, he's from Gary, Indiana, originally. And uh, yeah, so Bodak was his, uh, his uh, coach as a fighter. He had about 30 amateur fights uh, and fought in like the city tournament and things like that. So, you know, had some pretty good amateur experience. Uh, and then uh, he also mentored under Chuck as a, as a coach. And that's where it's so important, you know, to have someone to mentor under, whether it's, you know, business, fitness, or coaching or anything. And uh, Chuck, uh, something about him, about Bodak, is that he was actually the uh, Olympic coach for Cassius Clay, who, of course, gone to be Muhammad Ali. And so he's worked with over, he's no longer with us, obviously, but he worked with over 50 world champions. So my father learned that lineage of coaching, which is from the 20s and 30s, uh, and, uh, you know, carried that on to coaching fighters who fought on national television and produced multiple Golden Glove champions. And then, you know, passed that on to me because with myself, you know, I was sick as heck, so I dropped out of high school. And so my school was boxing at about, you know, 16, 17. And uh, I spent, you know, about four or five years of my life doing nothing but boxing and learning about boxing, the history of boxing and everything. And uh, yeah, got a lot of great lessons along that way. Good, good. No other better teacher than, you know, your father, you know, right. and uh, taught you, like you said, uh, some tough lessons from that plyo training, you know, and it's like, man, right. his joints are beat up, but he was trying to train you to be one of the most explosive and, you know, sure. powerful, you know, uh, some boxers. So with that being said, what are some of the pros and cons for boxing for women? Yeah. Great question. Uh, the, the pros of it is that, you know, think about it. it it's, it's stereotypical, but it is true. I can tell you from working with thousands of people that it's true that, uh, that females do tend to focus on their lower body and males tend to focus on their upper body. And also as well, like just generally, like me talk about more aerobic style exercises, it's easy to do a bicycling or running or things like that. That's, it's all lower body mainly. And so to have something upper body that really gets your heart going. And also as well, it's like, think about it. When you get your arms moving in an exercise, it's going to get your heart rate up way higher than just right. Right. Um, So it's, it's so great for that. It's so great for increasing bone density. I'll give you an example. My wife who 
fought about 22 fights. Uh, she, her bone density, even for someone that doesn't do any weight training anymore, or anything like that is so high. And mine is as well. And it's, man, it's, it's from that, that contact style sport of hitting the bag and things like that. Cause it really makes your bones dense and uh, helps you build up that strength and everything else as well as the endurance uh, and then balance and things like that of that nature. And then of course, if you're actually learning the actual techniques and whatnot, which, you know, you don't always learn in a boxing style class necessarily, but you're also building up, uh, you know, some type of awareness or at least some ability to uh, produce more force with, with a punch and things like that. Because uh, even if you're 130 pounds, it's like, heck, when I boxed, I got dropped twice. Uh, and both times were from uh, lighter people, right? Really? One guy was 140 something and I was 160 something. And the other guy was like 130. <laughs> and uh, so as I did, and I, I sparred the, the two-time national heavyweight champion of Mexico. So he's like 200 pounds plus. He never dropped me. But these other little guys, you know, I, I got dropped really? twice. Yeah. So, and so that's, that's the the beautiful thing about it. And so situational awareness, things like that, the downside to it. Hmm. Is there a downside to it? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, oh, the downside to it really is that depending on where you go, right. And this is kind of me throwing some of uh, the people in my industry under the bus, but is what it is, is that sometimes if you walk into a, a more legitimate boxing gym uh, where they're, they are teaching things, sometimes there's a little bit of that bro mentality. Right. Gotcha. And uh, like you have with sports and, you know, let's face it, women boxing did not get into the Olympics until 2012. Mm. OK, <laughs> so I didn't uh, know. yeah, yeah. And uh, so it's just it, it's been slow, like Ring Magazine. You know what Ring Magazine is? I've Christian? heard of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like it's called the Bible of Boxing. Right. Okay. I remember reading back in 2010 in Ring Magazine. They're like women's boxing is barbaric, you know, mm. and it's just like, that's weird. <laughs> like, right. It's a sport. It's like anything right. else. So, um, so the downside maybe is that, uh, if you don't go into the right type of facility, like the ones that we try to, uh, that we do our best to, to ensure that we produce, um, you know, there may be, you may not feel like a fit as a lady I got and, you. uh, and that's just one of the unfortunate things of it, but that's something that our brand is looking to change, uh, in terms of legitimate. Now you can go to a, a women's exercise boxing class and be totally accepted, but you're not going to learn very much. So it's that, it's that fine line in between. I got you. I got you. So same question about the men. What are the pros yeah. and cons of boxing for men? Yeah. So, uh, and they're actually very similar. Uh, the big pro, the big pro is that let's face it again, another stereotype guys don't like to do cardio guys don't like to, to mm-hmm. freaking, you know, be on a elliptical or a treadmill or whatever for, you know, 30 minutes, 40 minutes at a time, gotcha. things like that. They want to put on heavy weights on the bar and bench it. And that's about it. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know what? And to tell you the truth, I've been working with one of my clients about that and uh, the importance of if you want to lift heavy, your heart and your breathing has to be right too. You know what I mean? So how right. do you improve that? What you just said, the big C word cardio. Right. And also right on that note, right on that note, such a beautiful uh, point there, Christian. So when I went from boxing directly to heavy lifting, you know what I had that allowed me to gain so much muscle so fast is because my body was so in con- such good condition that my recovery from workout to a workout yeah. was so quick, yeah. right? Versus yeah. before I started boxing, I would try to lift weights and man, my recovery was so long because as your body gets in better aerobic condition, you can export that metabolic byproduct like lactic acid, things like that. And right. man, you can recover so much faster. So yeah, right, great point. Right, 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 right. So why is good form important, even if you aren't training to fight? Right. 
100%. And then also touching on that note as well, man, it's like guys have a funny thing. And it's typically guys, right? And I was, again, it's funny. I was talking about this last night with somebody, mm-hmm. but we all have that thing as a guy where, and I had it big time. We're like, man, if it came down to it, if it came down to it, I could handle myself. Or if I got mad enough, I could handle myself. Yeah. And it's like, maybe you can, but probably you can't because it's just like, if I was like, man, if, if I was mad enough, I could I could beat Michael Jordan at basketball. It's like, doesn't make any sense. And the yeah. same thing applies to fighting. <laughs> right, right. right. And uh, or like, man, if I just hit, if I caught him, I, nah, it's like, come on. Uh, so it's something that it's a beautiful experience with boxing and combat sports is that you don't even know what you don't know. So therefore, when you finally break yourself down and you go in there and you maybe actually get to experience a, a sparring situation, even in a controlled fashion, and go against someone that's, a little bit better than you that's even smaller than you like i alluded to earlier and have them just dominate you and realize oh wow like it's i i actually don't have what i think i have and that's a beautiful moment for a man because you need to be in reality as a man you don't need to think you're more than what you actually are right and uh because you'll make uh the wrong assumptions in situations and so it's just it was a beautiful experience having that for myself and i see that as a beautiful uh builder because then you break yourself down and you build yourself up and again, in the right type of place and facility, uh, you're able to do that. And then the downside, I would say, is similar to kind of that note is that, you know, let's face it, boxing is called the red light district of sports for a reason, right? It's a, it's a sport that's had a lot of corruption. It, it, it draws two types of people, right? It draws people that want to challenge themselves, improve themselves, or are fighting their way out of a tough situation, whether it's a mentally, emotionally, or with me physically or maybe financially, right? Then it attracts another type of person. And this is a, a small group of people in this type of industry, but it's a, it's, a, it's a group that's there. And that's the people that don't really care about other people very much. They like the hurt business, mm-hmm. right? They like that aspect. So whether they exploit it through the coach aspect or promoter aspect, or even the fighter aspect, uh, they like the hurt and they like literally causing pain to other people and so it's a small minority but they're there as well and when you go to a place where maybe that's a little bit too much man you go in there as a guy especially if you're a bigger guy and some other big guys like oh fresh meat and go in there they don't take care of you and they look to prove a point like i give you one example uh and he's a good guy he's not a bad guy but uh i would never if he had a gym he did have a gym i would i would never tell anyone to go there because the second he sees someone come in over 180 Right. He's like, oh, let's let's just spar. I'm going to go easy on you. Just body shots, just body shots. And every time, Christian, he breaks somebody's rib. Every time he breaks the rib. And it's like, Goodness that's gracious. that's no good. No yeah, good, man. Yeah, yeah. That's 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 not very encouraging to come back for the next no. session. But like you said, he's in the mentality of the hurt business. Right. He's in the mentality of the hurt business. And, you know, who knows? Somebody's going to come in there with the same energy and probably more bone density like you said maybe a little bit lighter and drop them <laughs> you know and, and that's the thing too is like you know the hurt business versus the health business right yeah and like you got into training people and coach people for the health and that's what drew me to it because i want to give people the same and same thing with my father because my father you know he grew up um and you know he's uh one of two boys and his older brother was always the one they said oh he's the smart one He's the one that goes to college, you know, and they literally paid for his older brother to go to college, bought him a car. I was, didn't do that for little Donnie. And uh, so my father was just, you know, felt like he was nothing. And so he wanted to become something. So he got into wrestling a little bit in high school and then he got into boxing. And he told me a story about uh, one of his first fights as an amateur. Uh, two things. 
One is, I think it was before his first fight, his father came up to him and said, hey, Donnie, and he didn't say good luck or anything. He said, hey, Donnie, don't worry. I have the number to the hospital. Hmm. <laughs> it's like, you don't want to hear yeah, that. Yeah, that's, that's, that's encouraging, ain't it? That's right? encouraging, ain't it, right? And then, and then this is one of the moments in his life that he told me where everything switched. Um, two moments come to mind, but the one that uh, relates to this is that uh, one of one of the big fights he had as an amateur in Chicago, he got dropped. And uh, he was, you know, he remembers it with his gloves on the canvas, they're giving him the count. He looks over at his father who's sitting kind of ringside and his father's motioning for him to stay down. Just stay down, Donnie, stay down, Donnie. Because because his father is not a bad guy, but his 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 ideal of what Donnie's success in life would be would be working at the post office. Like he said, that's what you need to do. That's the highest expectation you have for yourself. And so he looked at himself, he looked, he looked at his father and uh, he said, you know, I don't want to be like you. And, I, and I, I'm going to be more than what you think I can be. And, and that was, is what motivated him to stand mm-hmm. back up, finish the fight, mm-hmm. uh, overcome those fears. And so right. all those lessons and experiences he had, right. that's what he loved instilling in other people. And that's what I, I love as well. Awesome story. Awesome story. That's very awesome. You know, when you're down and you, you know, somebody just not believing you and that just fuels you just right. even more, fuels you right. even, even more. Um, next question. How did you become a cornerman or how do you? become yeah. a corner man That's and question. these questions are from people in my facebook group success fitness family right. i'm like hey i'm interviewing uh coach keith what questions awesome. do you have because i know zero about all of this exactly. you know i might watch a little bit of boxing here and there yeah. but far as you're educating me right now even from right. the ring magazine to yeah. uh women's olympics i'm like oh okay and so uh these are questions right from the group and the uh, awesome, question is how did you how did you or how do you become a corner man i don't yep. even know what that is so you can <laughs> I don't, i'm like what <laughs> i love your honesty well yeah so and that's one thing like rolling right into that question is that so as a fighter you have to have absolute belief in yourself if you don't believe in yourself it doesn't matter how much other people believe in you and that's something i have to sometimes occasionally help people understand and it's true with life too it's like it doesn't matter how much your mom your dad believe in you you have to believe in you and so same thing as a coach man it's like your coach or your corner man it doesn't matter how much they think you're going to be world champion or whatever you have to actually believe that okay and so what what is a corner man that's the person in the corner with you right that not only gives you water and things like that but also gives you that instruction that you need to make an adjustment so i'll give you an example a lot of times in amateur fighting is three rounds all right so that first round sometimes things might not go the way you want them to go and there might be you know because it's like you don't know who you fight you know it's right. not like oh man who am i fighting you don't know to right. freaking go up there and they're right. the ring for me so that first round it's like you go out there you do what you want to do you need you need to do but there may be some adjustments so sometimes you'll lose the first round. But what's really important, that's where the quarterman comes in and the coach in the corner is to see what adjustments need to happen, decide out of all the data coming in, what's the one thing we need to do or two things we need to do to make it better the next round and then help you implement that in the next round. Gotcha. And then aside from that, also quarterman can serve as a cut man. You know, in a pro fight, you have like about three people in the corner. Uh, so you have the chief second and then you have like kind of the general helper and then you have a cut man. Cut man in a pro fight, if you get a cut over your eye or something like that and it bleeds into your eye, they'll stop the fight because you need to have both eyes in order to see depth, right? Gotcha. Um, so that's a whole nother art, which is something that I've done. Uh, my father was also a cut man. My wife was actually has been a cut woman for pro fights. Okay. And uh, so that's a whole nother art. But how do you become one? Like I, I, I mentioned when you, when you put it in the notes, uh, as a pro, you pay 25 bucks depending what commission you're in and now you're a corner man. You don't need any experience. Wow. And that's how unregulated the sport is. Oh, wow. Right? 
So that's why on the low level pro scene, if you ever go to a low level pro fight, you'll see some some craziness. Yeah, I gotcha. <laughs> uh, some slop. You'll see some good. You'll see some. Bad. I gotcha. And uh, and then as an amateur, you know, you you gotta you gotta uh, basically pass a basic test, a very basic test. It's too basic, honestly. Uh, and then and then you know you pay your your fee to be licensed, and that's it. Uh, but you know, how do you become a good one? Again, it goes back to that mentoring thing. So like I spent so much time mentoring under my father and right. teaching me how, how to be a coach, how to coach in the gym, how to coach in a fight, and then also how to be a corner man. Because I'll tell you, Christian, there's some coaches that they don't even know how to wrap someone's hands for a pro fight. And it's like, right. I've seen it too much where it's like, we'll be in like Maryland or somewhere like that for a pro fight. And uh, this guy's, this coach is like, hey, hey, can you wrap my guy's hand? It's like, dude, you're a pro coach. Like, you can't you can't wrap someone's hand, or you'll see some wrap jobs that are just disastrous, <laughs> and they're not they're going to hurt the guy more than they're going to help him. I got you, I got you. Hitting on the um, statement you you said about yeah. you know you can go to some of these kind of like low level fights, and it's kind of like anybody can be a right. you know what I'm saying a cut man. And you mentioned yeah. earlier about women may uh, end up experience or getting a bad experience, kind of just going right. to just about any. I won't say any boxing gym, but any boxing gym. So how do you feel about so many people getting involved just with boxing? Because, you know, I'm on, you know, we're on social media. It's like, I'm seeing everybody. I'm going to say everybody. I'm seeing a lot of people kind of get into boxing. And maybe it's because, you know, I'm 40, right? I'd be 41 in December. And um, Typical people that are on my timeline are like between like 35 and 55 and kind of like what you were saying earlier, you kind of go through the phase where it's like, okay, I'm lifting, lifting, lifting. And now I kind of want to do something else. And I'm starting to see more of that. I'm starting to see that shift in real time, where it's not so many people working out um, far as lifting weights. Let me correct myself far as lifting weights from that standpoint, and even some of the big bodybuilders and stuff, I'm starting to see them get into boxing. So how do you feel about just, just all that do you think it's a fad or do you really think that is people just entering another phase of their life so one thing so you know i'm 35 you're you said 40 41 Mm -hmm. and so i remember a little bit of it i know i know more of it than i have seen it but think about what was really big in the 80s and the 90s right for general public bodybuilding it's huge true right and so I, we're kind of coming out of that era. And so now it's, you know, obviously there's so many things out there, you know, and so many different modalities for training, but we're coming out of that era. It's not so much, people don't even watch bodybuilding anymore. Like pay attention to, you know, I can't tell you who Mr. Olympia is. (laughs) Right, 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 right. So uh, yeah, I think that's what's caused the shift and people, man, it's like this one gentleman that's on our team that has worked with a couple of big brands in the industry with, you know, over 600 locations. You know, he says that the, the, from what, what he's saying that the fitness consumer is becoming more fickle and they want to have more than just the workout. And so I think people are coming to something like boxing uh, because they feel like they're going to get something more and at the right place, they will get something more than just the exercise portion, right? They'll actually learn something uh, and, and get that, entertainment but also that personal growth because again to me it's all about personal growth man who are you becoming in the process versus you know just the the pure fitness aspect and uh and then also too you know what's funny let's talk about what used to be the 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 thing that you didn't want to bring up if you're unboxing and that's mma but it's done an interesting thing 
MMA, which I have massive respect for as a sport, um, and I've worked with many MMA fighters with their stand-up, and, you know, it's a great sport. Uh, but MMA, you know, which is obviously the main one that you know of as far as promotions as UFC, uh, has done an interesting thing, which I think has led your peer group and my peer group to mm-hmm. be to feel like boxing is more accessible, even in terms of like actually even doing like some sparring or something like that, is now you have this thing called MMA, which is so extreme because that's how it was marketed, right, to make it exciting, that it's like now boxing is like, hey, that's that's tame. Right. It used right. to be boxing was like Mike Tyson and biting people's ears off. That's extreme. Yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah. And, you know, it, you put it so plainly. And it's, again, power of marketing and, and business is that I remember when, you know, boxing was such a marketed as such a brute, right, a brute force. And then right. that kind of, you know, faded out and then it comes MMA, you know, brute, brute, brute. Now you're starting to see even when it's the highlights, it's more punching versus kicking and grappling and you know what I mean? Things like that. And it never added up to me until you just said it, <laughs> you know, right there, right there. Yeah. So yeah, that's why, you know, I, I, that was a asked a question that I wanted to know. I'm like, you know, how do you feel about that? Cause yeah. I personally just see just so many people doing it and it's, you hate to be judgmental from a, a voyeur standpoint, but it's like, are you really that into it? Are you, avoiding lifting weights but at the same time like you said there's different modalities they want you know different things so you know right. i'm just trying to just be more more open more open to it so yeah yeah, yeah yeah great great answer with everything that you've been through from uh from your lyme disease to uh, gaining and losing yeah. weight to you know your neck being hurt to going into your your own business what major life lesson or lessons did you learn from all that well i think uh one of those things that's very interesting that people say a lot like you're talking about you know listen to other podcasts things like that is uh they say you double down on your strengths right and there's truth to that but that's if you're in a privileged position but if you're in a position and i'm going wrong like there's plenty of people i mean heck there's in the world, right? Uh, people that are are even poor in America are way better off than the majority of people in the world, right? Um, but the position my myself being in of uh, you know having no education really, uh, you know, I, I don't even know how to do like basic algebra or anything like that. And so all the education I have is self education. And so the fact of the matter, I only have one route of success, and that was to take what I had in front of me, which was boxing. Initially, I wanted to be a champion. That didn't work out physically. And so then it's like, okay, well, now what do I do with it? And by the push of my father, he said, okay, coach now. Okay, that's my one route to succeed. I didn't have all these other options. And we get crushed by options, you know, because in our modern society, there's so many different ways you think you can live your life or make money or whatever. And uh, and that's true, but you need to pick one, right? And commit yourself to it. Just like you need to pick, your, pick, a, pick a spouse, right? Pick, pick a team, that type of thing. And so uh, pick a cause to commit yourself to. And so that's that's one of the biggest things is that, you know, the only reason I have anything to show for my life is because I picked something and I stuck with it long enough to actually get some type of reaction and some type of effect from it. Because so often, like you, I'm sure you see this, Christian, people start working out and they're like, man, where's the results? And it's like, yeah. well, they're coming, they're coming, but it's unreasonable for you to think there's going to be results at this time. Yeah, right, 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 right. So, right. I got you. I got you. Tell everyone where they can reach you at website, Instagram, yeah. you know, everywhere where they can uh, reach you for coaching website. Or something. 
so yeah so uh as i know you found me coach keith uh on instagram coach keith kepner on instagram uh we have a youtube channel we got about maybe uh about 3500 subscribers on our uh, boxing youtube channel good place to look for some boxing technique things like that you can find me on linkedin keith kepner uh, and also check out our website, www.kepnerboxing.com. And, uh, you know, it's something that, you know, not only are locations that are in existence, uh, which about half a dozen, but also, you know, we're looking to grow this franchise as large as it is capable of growing and, uh, and to expand into many territories. Alrighty. You heard it from coach Keith today here on the success fitness podcast. And if you found inspiration in today's episode and want to support this podcast first go follow coach keith and on instagram go to his website and subscribe to his youtube channel but if you want to subscribe to the success fitness podcast then sign up via my newsletter the success fitness newsletter you can click the link that will be in the description box below and you will instantly receive a 10 percent discount code that can be applied to my new e-cookbook what to meal prep for beginners it includes three high protein meals for for one i'm sorry we got three recipes for one high protein meal under 600 calories step-by-step written instructions and also video tutorials and it also comes with a free ebook so if you found inspiration in today's episode and want to support just one way click the link in the description box below sign up to the success fitness podcast newsletter and you will be notified when new episodes of the success fitness podcast will publish and then access to my private support community on Facebook. I sign up with the link in the description. And I want to thank coach Keith Kepner for appearing on the success fitness podcast. And thank you for listening to the success fitness podcast. And until the next episode, success fitness is the mindset. And remember success is golden hashtag more weight. Peace out.